when I'm doing the whole thing, I figure I better put as much music in as I can. Um, Pastor is out of town this week, and to pray for him, and uh, he'll be back next week. So if you came to hear a great communicator, um, just consider that deferred for one week, all right? Um, I always consider it a great privilege to get to speak to you, but I also uh, feel very humbled uh, when I do, because I know that you've come this morning not because you're just wanting to do church. Uh, you haven't come this morning because, you know, you looked at the clock and it was Sunday and you said, oh, well, I guess that's just what I do on Sunday. You've come this morning because you want God to do something in your life. You want to be changed. And, and um, you know, that's a, that's a lot of pressure um, if I think that I'm the one that has to do that. But I'm not, and I believe that what God showed me today is, uh, or for this, for this morning, is something that can affect our lives. It, it's just kind of, a, uh, kind of a simple thing, really. But I believe that it can pack, impact our life uh, in, a, in a tremendous way. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get started this morning. And, I, and really, the, uh, I'd like to say that I've got this, this thing that I'm going to give you, and you're going to go, wow, that was amazing. But as you're going to see in a second, I'm not going to try to impress you, okay? Um, really, this is something God's just working on in my life. Um, I'm terrible at this. I'm very, very bad at this. Um, and I think that's why God must be teaching me about it, and he must, brought it, must have brought it to my mind the week that I'm supposed to talk to you. So with that said, we're going to jump right into this deal. Um, how many of you would say that, this thing is just kind of right there where I want to be, isn't it? I keep moving it over. Um, how many of you would say that your life is as simple as you want it to be? There could be some of you out there. I don't know. Maybe there are. Isn't anybody? Am I missing anybody? I don't see any hands, but that could be. I just got kind of lights in my eyes. Okay, if that's true of you, you might just want to skip out because that's all we're going to be talking about today. Is, is, is your life as simple as you wish it were? You know, if your life is anything like my life, and it probably is, I find myself doing a whole lot of things. I find my life, it seems like, is in constant busyness. And uh, there are a lot of things that come from a complex life, that come from a busy life. And that God's really been kind of dealing with me in that aspect. That I heard, a, I saw a quote from Ernest Hemingway, you know, the author. He said, never mistake motion for action. I thought that was good. You know, that's kind of my life sometimes. Is I'm very much in motion, but I'm not sure I'm actually getting anything done. Especially anything that's effective. And so God's been working on my heart in this area. And um, I've, uh, I've gotten a lot of personal, um, personal experience in this. And uh, probably the negative experience. But uh, God, God took me to a verse that I thought was very interesting. Because I've been in my own personal life dealing with a lot of stress. Um, it's not because they work me too hard here. Um, it's not because I have bad friends or anything. It's personal choices that I've made. But I've had a lot of stress and a lot of other things in my life. Things that, you know, just... You, you sit down, and the whole time you're sitting down, you know, you're supposed to be, like, relaxing with your family, let's say. You're supposed to sit down and, you know, have a little quality time. And you sit down, and the whole time you're thinking, man, I really need to be doing X, Y, or Z. You know, I've really got to go over here and do this. I, I don't have time for this. I'm busy. i got a lot to do. And uh, God took me to this verse, and it's really pretty interesting. And, and I hope that I can explain it um, the way that, that God's kind of putting it in my mind. If you'd open your Bibles, if you brought them, or look on the screens, and look at James chapter 3, verse 16. I would call this stress in my life, this, uh, this kind of restlessness, I think that would be a type of disorder. In other words, it's not order in my life. 
It's things that are the opposite of order. Excuse me. So this verse really popped out to me. Verse 16 of James 3 says this, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Now, that's a pretty big statement. That's, we kind of go from simplifying our life to do what? Selfish ambition. What is all this about? For, where there, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. The Amplified takes that word disorder. The Amplified Bible kind of is like a, a dictionary inside a Bible. They try to explain what the different words are as it goes along. And the Amplified Bible says that that word can mean disharmony or unrest. Would that describe sometimes your, your life? Disharmony and unrest. And the Bible says, according to this verse, that one of the things that causes that in our life is jealousy and selfish ambition. And I'm really going to focus on that selfish ambition phrase. Because remember, I'm talking to me here, okay? I'm not, not throwing stones at you. I'm talking to me. This is what God's been showing me in my life. That a lot of the things that I have in my life, the things that I think are what are so important, the things that, um, that are, the, are what creates this stress and this guilt and this disharmony in my life, I'm doing them out of the wrong motivation, in other words, I have the wrong foundational idea about these things. Um, this is, I just tried to write out some things that I felt like I've experienced because of this, like the disorder in my life. See if you can identify with any of these. I'm, they're going to put them up here on the screens. You often feel overwhelmed. Maybe that's some of you. You take on more than you can do well. You react strongly to negative feedback about your efforts. You feel underappreciated when you don't see the appropriate level of gratitude or approval from whoever in your life. Uh, you're more likely to help somebody who, who you consider to be important or someone who you think could help you in the long run. You have a strong need for people to know what it is that you're doing. Um, you complain about how busy your life is to other people. You probably have friends like that, right? They drive you crazy. Every time you get with them, all they do is whine about how busy they are. I know none of you are like that, but you've got friends like that. Um, <laughs> you feel like your life is out of control to some degree. You know, you kind of wish you could just put the brakes on. Oh, put it in neutral. Do something. Um, you, whine about once, you, you whine about a situation to somebody, but then if in front of somebody else, you try to put up a front. You know, you kind of try to act like, yeah, big macho guy. I've got this all together. That kind of thing. That happens in my life. Yeah, I try to be a macho guy. Isn't that ridiculous? Um... <laughs> Uh, you become consumed with some small piece of your life. In other words, an interest or a hobby or something that at work, you know, a little piece, a little project or a little thing suddenly just gets all of your attention. Whew, you're narrowed in on it. I'm like that. Well, I'm, I'm bad. I, I wish I could tell you some stories right now, but I've got to hurry. The, uh, the last thing I came up with, this was my top 11 list, is you find yourself wanting to say no to something like an obligation or somebody asking you to do something. You find yourself wanting to say no, but you say... Yeah, don't you hate that? Man, I do that all the time. You know that you should say no because the motivation for you saying yes is the wrong motivation. You know, it's like, man, I really don't want that person to, to think I'm a jerk, or I don't want that person to think that I think that they think that I think, you know. And so we say yes. Maybe you've recognized yourself in this list just a little bit. If so, I, I hope that what we're going to talk about for just a, a few minutes here helps you look at your life Look at, at the choices that you make. You do understand that you have choices in your life and you choose to do what you do. Sometimes I think we feel like we're victims of our culture or of our, 
whatever we've been placed in, I have to do this. Basically, the only thing you have to do is sleep. And really, I've, I've even heard of a guy over in, I think, Thailand or something that he hasn't slept in like 30-something years. So I guess you don't really even have to do that. Um, but really, we all have the same amount of hours. We have the same opportunity for us to choose what we're going to do. So keep that in mind as we talk about this this morning. Um, you know, you have a job, but you know what? You have the ability, if you so chose, to quit. You know, you've got those opportunities. But everything that we do is a choice, okay? Everything that we do and, and, and the schedules that we have in our life are choices to make. And so keep that in mind as we, go, as we look at this. This passage of Scripture, I have never thought about it in this context ever. And I may be way off base. If so, you can throw rotten tomatoes at me or something. But God has kind of took me to this passage in just a moment in Philippians chapter 2. And it just blew my mind because some of the very issues that I've been struggling with just popped out at me. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians is a, all it is is a letter written by a guy named Paul to a church in a place called Philippi. And so he's writing this letter to them, telling about things that they need to deal with in their own church. If you go down to verse 3, this is, this is what Paul's telling them. And today I'm going to kind of try to apply this to my life in terms of why I do what I do. In other words, why I, why I have the things in my life that make me feel so busy, or why I have the things in my life that uh, make me feel out of control, or that disharmony, that disorder in my life. So look at verse 3. It says this, don't be, what's the next word? Selfish. Let's say it again. Don't be selfish. How many of you in here are selfish? Oh man, look at that. Got some honest people in here this morning. Absolutely. I think everybody's hand probably should have gone up right then. We are selfish because we are more concerned about ourselves than we are about the people around us or about the, the greater good, if you can forgive the use of that phrase. Because selfishness, in its true sense, benefits me, but it hurts somebody else, in its true sense, okay? Now, there are some people who use the word selfish, like I've been out on the internet kind of looking at, at kind of what the popular philosophy is about being selfish. It's pretty interesting. There are some philosophies out there that say selfishness is really a good thing. Because, you know, when you do what's really good for you, then that's really going to be good for somebody else, and really going to be good for somebody else, you know, because it makes you feel good, and you want to feel good, so you do good things for other people. That's not really selfishness. Selfishness is when I do something that benefits me, but it probably doesn't benefit the people around me. So let's think about this in terms of why you do what you do. Do you have some things in your life that the reason you do them is just for you? Now, before you think, wait wait a minute, I thought I'm supposed to do things just for me. Do you have things in your life that you do just for you that hurt the people around you or that annoy the people around you? You know how you can find that out, by the way? Ask the people around you. Is, this, is there something in my life that I do that you consider selfish and you feel left out or shut out of my life? You know what I'm saying? That, that's a good indication. If you're bold enough to ask that question, you've got quite a bit of guts, especially if you're, if you're willing to take the answer. Is there something in your life that you do out of the wrong motivation, the motivation of selfishness? Um, I'm not going to start listing stuff because then I'll, then I'll really get somebody mad. But there are things that we do that are all about us, and they shut out the people around us. And those things 
Selfishness, the Bible says selfish ambition is one of the causes where, where you have selfish ambition, there is disorder and evil of every kind. That can be a source of that unrest in your life. It also adds to your busyness. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we do things out of selfish motives. Go to the next one, next little statement here. This is, this is the one that kills me right here. Don't try to impress others. That's just, just right out there, isn't it? Don't try to impress others. This flies in the face of what we're told. We're told that everything is about your image. Everything is about what you think about me because what you think about me helps me feel better about me. I'm using the word me a lot. Have you noticed? It's kind of tied into selfishness. When we try to impress other people, and that's our motivation for doing things. Now, maybe you're thinking, this is, this is weird. I don't do anything to try to impress anybody else. But maybe you have some things in your life that you do out of guilt. Um, you know what that is, what that guilt is? In other words, you're doing something and you think, man, I wish I didn't have to do such and such, but what would so-and-so think? You know, or what would, uh, what would they call me if I told them that this really isn't the thing for me to do right now? And you know what we're trying to do there? Trying to impress other people. We're, what we're doing is we're, we're basing our life on what somebody else thinks. And the Bible says that's a source of disorder in your life. You can probably testify to that. If I were to call you up here, we probably all have stories about things that we've done in our lives or things that we're currently stuck in that we think, man, I wish I could get out of this, but the guilt kind of got me, you know, and I, I got to do this so I can make so-and-so happy. I'm a people pleaser by nature. Some of you might not know that, but, but I am. I really want people to like me. Um, and it, it hurts me when I find out people don't like me. And so there are sometimes there's things in my life that I do in my own personal life that I do that I think this will make so-and-so think that I'm such-and-such, you know, and just kind of fill in the blanks there. Those are the things that cause disharmony in our life because we're not being authentic. We're not being who we really are. And so when we're with that person, we're like, yeah, this was cool. Yeah, all right. And then you go home and you go, oh, I hope I never have to do that again. (laughs) You probably can identify with that. Those are the things in our lives that we've got to look at and say, are there some of these areas that I'm doing just to try to impress other people. You know, God knows who you really are. God knows the real you, and he loves you. He's got something big in mind for you. We don't have enough time in our life to spend doing things to try to impress other people and trying to, and trying to make other people think more highly of us. Um, let's go to the next part of this verse. Uh, verse 3, it says, Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. This is an interesting thing. Some of us in here are so busy in our lives because of something that I like to call, or the phrase that I like to use is, I can do that. I can do that. Um, I know there's some other people who can do this, but I can do that. Um, there are some of us who don't like to relinquish control of anything in our life and let other people do them. We tend to take on more than we should. We think, yeah, I can figure that out. I, I can... I can do that better than anybody around here, you know, and I'm, I can do this. And, and what happens is we take on one more thing, and we take on one more thing, and we take on one more thing. And before long, you know what? We're not doing anything well. <laughs> Everything is just totally bottomed out, or we're just kind of dragging along. And yeah, we got a lot of hat. We're wearing a lot of hats, and we got a lot of titles, and we're doing a lot of things. But we're not, we're not doing any of them up to the ability that we really could if we were really focused. And so the Bible says, think of others as better than yourself. Take, take a second and think about that. 
Think of others as better than yourself. I'm going to kind of just reveal a little part of my soul here real quick, and you can you beat me up over lunch or whatever, but um, I was reared in a home that was very positive and encouraging. I was reared in a home that my, my mom and dad, and I have specific memories of my mom saying to me, you know what, anything you want to do, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. And that's awesome to have that kind of affirmation when you're growing up. The, the flip side of that, though, is that sometimes I have a hard time recognizing the achievements of others because I look at that, I look at them and go, yeah, if I had enough time, I could do that too. Yeah, if I had enough, if I, you know, if I had gotten the breaks that you had gotten, yeah, I could do that too. You know, if I practice hard enough and I do such and such, I can play the guitar like Dan Benner. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You can't. There are people all around you who do things so much better than you. And if you're like me, it's about time you recognize that. It's about time that you recognize that God has gifted people all around. Every one of you in this worship center today are gifted in some area, and you're really, really good at, at that area. You know, and somebody next to you could practice their whole life. They could dedicate their life to doing whatever it is that you're doing, and they're not going to be as good as you at that. And so you know, what this, you know what this is, this word, when I look at somebody and I don't give them the due credit that they deserve for their skill? You know what that's called? Somebody throw it out if you got it. Yes, jealousy. We don't like to use that word as adults. That sounds like a kid word. You know, oh, you're jealous of so-and-so because they got a toy. And, you know, oh, you're jealous because she's got a new boyfriend and she's got your boyfriend or whatever, you know. <laughs> and we think that's a real silly thing, you know, jealousy. But jealousy is very real in our own lives as adults. You know, we see what somebody else has or we see what somebody else can do and we say, yeah, I can do that. You just got the brakes. I haven't gotten the brakes yet. The Bible says where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there is disorder. So here's the deal. We look at those people, and so we, we pour ourselves into the pursuit of doing all of these things well, and you know what that does to our time? You know what that does to our schedules, to our stress level? It fills it up. And so now we've got this disorder, this unrest, this disharmony in our life. So what should you do about that? First of all, you should admire the people around you that do things well, and you should probably tell them that they do things well. That's good for you. To say, you know what, you're really good at that. That's awesome. Or even people that you don't know, just to acknowledge so-and-so is really good at what they do. That's incredible. The second thing is this. Encourage the people around you who show potential because there are people all around you who just haven't had the chance yet to do something really great. And all they need is for you to kind of offload something to them and say, hey, would you, would you consider doing this? This is true in churches. This, this is a really kind of a you know, peek behind the curtain in churches, a lot of times people who do things well, they get more things given to them to do, right? Right? That says like the 5% do 95% of the, of the ministry in a, in a church, something like that. Well, the deal is when we do that, when we, when we heap everything on one person, you know what we do? We deprive all the rest of us of the opportunity to grow in that area, to get better, because there's some potential hidden down in there that some of us have never even discovered, and, um, and we're, we're, we're missing out on that. Um, so that's true in this ministry as well. We'd love for, uh, to, to give as much work in, in ministry opportunities and spread it out as far as we can so that nobody bears the, the burden by themselves. Delegate those things to other people that, that, that have skill. Take time to invest in somebody else. It's going to pay off in the long run. 
Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this, do this little point here and we're going to wrap it up. Take time to invest in someone else in the long run. Um, or it will pay off in the long run. I'm going to give you an example. And Pat's sitting right down here. Pat, wave your hand. This is Pat down here. She's my assistant in the music, uh, in the music ministry, and she is awesome. She's like the one who gets everything organized. I just stand up here and strum the guitar and sing, you know. Um, she's the one who keeps everything running. And there have been some things that, that she has learned in the last month or so that have been a tremendous, tremendous help to me. But you know why she hasn't learned them until this last month? What's that? Yeah, I hadn't shown her. You got it. Because I thought, I can do it. I can do that. And I realized, and God's been working on me, I realized, you know, Lance, if you would take the time and show Pat what it is you need her to do, she'll do fine with it. She'll do great with it. And she has. She's taken off and run with all these little projects, doing stuff on the computers and all this thing. And that's lifted a whole bunch off of me. And guess what? It's paid off for her, and it's paid off for me, because now she has skill sets that she didn't have before because of the opportunities, and she's doing it, and I'm not doing it. And that's helping me a great deal. It pays off in the long run. Let's look at the last thing here, because this kind of ties into that. Take, it says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. I like it that it doesn't say, never look at your own interests. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, you know, go out and sell everything that you have and just give everything to everybody. And some of us are called to do that. But this passage says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. Our schedules are so full, we are so full of stress, we are so full of disharmony and disorder, that when God comes to, God, God points somebody out to you or gives you an opportunity to help somebody or to take some time with somebody, you know what, our schedule's too full, and we say, man, I'd love to help them, but I just can't. I mean, I, I don't have time. How am I going to do that? This is what I want to encourage you to do today. I want you to sit down and figure out in your life what are those things that you can pull back in, those things that maybe you're doing with the wrong motivations like we've talked about this morning, and create some margin in your life. Margin means there's that space that nothing's in so that when God tells you, hey, this is what I'd like for you to do next, this is who I'd like for you to help, or this is a ministry I'd love for you to serve in uh, at the church or in, the, in your community, you can step into that, and you don't have to say, oh, I don't have time, I, I'm maxed out. Margin in, in design, and I love to do design, is, is that white area around a piece of paper, you know, that, that clean area that, no, that nothing's in, and it makes it look complete, it makes it look nice, and in our lives, it needs to have that same margin. When we pack it all the way to the edges, things get confused. Things get disordered, disharmony. I want to encourage you today to look at your schedules. You realize that your life is a gift from God, and God's giving you that opportunity to minister to people, to have fun and enjoy this life, but not to pack it so full that you can't take an interest in other people as well. Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth, it says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, that he came that he, didn't think of him, that he didn't think of himself, that he thought of other people. He wasn't trying to impress people. He didn't spend his life doing things to try to get attention from other people. And he was obedient even to the point of death on the cross. In other words, he was willing to lay aside his own personal agendas, that selfish ambition, that selfishness, and do what God his Father was telling him to do. All of you, God is, telling, is, is wanting to give you that next step in your life. Make room for that next step.
in your life. Look at your lives and say, what can I choose to do differently? What am I doing out of a wrong motivation? And I believe God's gonna bless you for that. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? God, we're just so grateful for your love for us and for passages of scripture that just deal with our lives, God, just as they really are. Uh, They're not flowery words. They're not fancy. God, you just say, live this way. And I pray that you would help us to apply that to our lives today. Help me to apply that to my life. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe Maybe you came in this morning and you're just trying to figure out what's going on here and you don't really know that much about Jesus and you don't know but you know that you need a relationship with God. And I want to tell you this, that God has made a way for you to get to him. Jesus came and died on the cross. He paid the penalty for the sin of you, the sin of me. He paid that penalty so that we could have a relationship with God and know when we die we're on our way to heaven. It's a simple thing to get that settled today. The Bible says that you simply place your trust and complete confidence in Jesus Christ. You stop relying on yourself to get to God or get to heaven and you place your faith in him. If you'd like to do that this morning, I'm just gonna pray a prayer, and there's no magic in the words that I say. Prayer is just talking to God, and you can tell him this morning that you wanna place your faith in Jesus. Let's do that. God, I want to know that I have a relationship with you, and I believe that Jesus died for me, and I believe that I'm a sinner, and I can't get to you on my own. So today, I place my complete trust and confidence in what you've done for me by dying, paying that penalty for my sin. And I know that I have eternal life based on what you've said in your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you've done that this morning, would you just indicate that on your guest registry card? And we'd love to send you some information that'll kind of help you in, in, in that walk in your relationship with God. And um, it's just such an awesome thing. If you've done that this morning, that's the start of something incredible in your life. We're going to take just a minute uh, and take up the offering. If you have a guest registry card, if you drop that in there. And uh, this is also the time for those of you that are regular tenders to put your tithes and offerings in to support uh, the work of God in this community and around the world. So ushers, you guys go ahead and come forward. And as they come, let me pray for the offering. Father, we love you. Bless the offering and the tithes that we give now. Use them and multiply them for your use. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.